0: away, better than most, better than most! Critical take off he falls into the pit, he's going to get spattered out. He's got the Oh my goodness. Please make welcome, the Ball and All podcast,
1: James Tiger Woods, Beric ecker and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor, condo Condor! Condor. So long mm. I'm dreaming of a brighter day when the waters will be- Back, it is captain's run round 11. Welcome, Jared, downtown Brizzy.
0: Morning, Stephen. Yes, uh, I'd say there's a few just getting home from Magic Round.
1: Well, Woody's, uh, Woody's up your way, he's on the Gold Coast still coaching. He's still got uh, Mikey and Nixie going in the uh, in the QS, so he's out this morning. He's pumped up for some big performances from uh, from his students up there, so that's good. We don't have to talk about the Tigers, and we probably well, won't talk uh, about the Dragons.
0: Well, Woody's probably been on the drink. The Tigers have won two in a row. He's uh, probably coaching and uh, in between sitting in the bar.
1: I reckon we can guarantee they won't win three in a row. Well, let's get uh, round 11. I, I, I don't know, Jerry, but it probably presents as the hardest round to pick. It's a bloody hard one. Um, starting off Listen, with uh, tonight, the uh, Storm yeah. versus the Broncos.
0: Well, I've spent hours on uh, on this all weekend. Uh, it just looks a very tricky round. Very hang hang on, hang on, hand. hang on,
1: hang on, hang on. How do you spend hours? Don't you just tick yes or no? Storm or broncos?
0: <laughs> well, I think you know I don't. But uh we'll talk our listeners uh,
1: through uh through the hours of uh, of statistical analysis that you do to, to look at, say, the Storm and the Broncos. What do you do?
0: Well okay, well Sunday, Monday I do a review of every game and then I update some data on Uh, what unfolded with every game, Um, and then re-rate my ratings. So I compare what I rated into the weekend against what actually happened and whether there's teams on a slide down, teams on a slide up, whether there's a little bit of a rollercoaster of form for a particular site. And we might, over the next couple of weeks, go over the current ratings and compare them to week one because certainly there's been some very significant changes. Uh, some teams going up, Rabbits would obviously be one, some where there's been some tweaks, Panthers would be one, Roosters have come back, um, and then you know down the bottom of the table, there's certainly been uh, a few changes around a few key ones. Um, and then um, Monday night, I then um, prepare uh, a little file that I have for each game in the coming week, Tuesday, then uh, market updates, team updates, and then I start to rate each game. So it's a matter of who's in, who's out, where the venue is, what weather is, uh, any background idiosyncrasies, like you know whether um, the Sharks are going to Book file this weekend, we'll touch on that in a moment, and how often they don't win there, all those sort of little yeah, things. Then ranks. come up with a final rating position, and then... Then the tips and then um, through the course of that analysis, uh, pick out where I think there might be an option to bet.
1: OK, so if you look at tonight's game, off your current ratings of sort of one to zero or one to last, where do the Broncos, Broncos are top of the table, um, Storm are, you know, sort of mid uh, and you could say climbing, where do these two teams currently rate on your ratings?
0: All right. Well, if, if we go to where where I think they are rating wise at the moment, I have uh, um, I have the storm still slightly higher. I've kept improving the Broncos. Uh, so let's let's say as a number out at ten, starting the year back in round one, I had uh, the Broncos probably about eight point five, and I had the storm at um, about nine uh, nine point two. Okay. So right now we're week eleven. I've got them equal at uh, at nine point one. Yeah, okay. So what I'm saying is I've tweaked slightly what I've done with the storm because there was a you know a little bit of inconsistency and they're probably leaking a touch more points than I have. The Broncos, I've kept improving, so they've gone from, let's say, 8.5 up to a 9.2, so they're about equal. In terms of the top of the table, uh, I had the Panthers and the Roosters on top. I've tweaked the Roosters back to probably third spot, and the Rabbits, I've just kept improving. You know, the Rabbits probably started at about a a 9.1. At the moment, they're probably about a 9.4.
1: Yeah, okay. So if we concentrate on this game tonight down in Melbourne... Um, I mean, both lineups okay. are pretty, Oh, they, I wouldn't say at full strength, but they're pretty bloody close. Well, actually the Broncos are pretty much full strength, aren't they?
0: Well, yeah. So basically I, I'm working with them both off the same rating. So for the Storm, I'm taking, uh, uh, an adjustment off for Pappenhausen not playing. Yep. And then for the Broncos, I'm taking a small adjustment off for Capewell not playing. I then add on to home ground advantage. Certainly the Storm at home are very strong. Now, their long-term record over the Broncos is even stronger. They've won the last 12 against the Broncos, and they've won the last six in Melbourne. And the last 10 times that they've played, not only have they won, nine of those 10 have covered the line. So I've I've given um, slightly higher than normal home ground advantage, and so I end up with the, the Storm uh, minus two at home, and the market has it. I think minus two and a half.
1: So yeah, so the last the last twelve outings, the Broncos have been beaten. Is that correct.
0: correct? Yep. Jeez. And the last six in Melbourne have been beaten. Yeah, right. And the last the last ten times they've played, the market has got it wrong nine times. So the Storm have overachieved to what the market expectation was. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty heavy hold. But I have to say, you know, the Broncos, I think this is their best test so far this season. Yeah, so I agree we go back. we go back a couple of weeks ago, they had the Rabbits, but they're also missing Haas and Amman. You know, they touched up the Eels the week before. They then got back last week again at home, back to full strength, and gave the Eagles a little bit of a bath. Now, they then head down to Melbourne, but this time they're now at full strength. I mean, Cape will is certainly a miss, but they do have um, back row depth. And they'll come up against a storm. they come off a, a disappointing loss, I thought. I thought they had question marks about their attack execution. But a very strong form line. They've come through the Rabbits last week. The Broncos came through the Rabbits two weeks ago. The Storm back in Melbourne, but off a short turnaround. They've got a five-day turnaround. And so far this season, every team off a five-day turnaround has lost. So the Storm are up against that as well. But they do lift for these key games. So I think it's very, very close. And as I suggested, I I just had the Storm in front by minus two. Um, I've got a very small lean to the Storm. The other key question is, you know, Storm sit about fifth or sixth on the table, and we know that, you know, certainly they're in my um, top four rated teams so far for this season. This is a challenge for the Broncos because their record against top four, top five teams on the table over the last twelve months and this year has not been good. So. Lots of question marks around that. I do think the Broncos turn up. I think they come to play. They have strike, clearly. Um, Reynolds is a key. I think uh, the matchup between Reynolds and Munster running this game, instrumental to what unfolds, uh, very, very good contest.
1: Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I, think, uh, I think Storm will be really hard to beat down there. Those, that, those stats are very telling. So I'm interested to watch that play out tonight. Um, yes. It should be a cracker. Start the week off Thursday night. It's like we uh, we only finished uh, Magic Round yesterday. Uh, so let's move into a must-win game for the Roosters. So they're down in Panther Territory uh, Friday night, the second game. Um, Panthers paying a dollar fifty. Roosters out to two sixty at the moment, or around there. Um, the Roosters were were poor last week. Panthers sort of rolling along in pretty consistent form. I wouldn't say uh, top form. Um, how do you see this one playing out?
0: Well, um, my question, Mark, about the Panthers is, if we, they've played nine games. If we take the two games where they had very soft wins over uh, the Raiders and the Eagles, where both opponents did not turn up and put any opposition to them, if we take that out and we look at the other seven games, their average attack points in those seven games is 14 points. Hmm. So their attack has fallen off a cliff this year. Now, clearly there's a whole range of things. They're missing um, a couple of key players that have left the club, in particular, I think Appy at nine and Kikau on the left. They've then had injury to Martin. And so that all of a sudden means that the nine and the, the strike on both edges, are, it's missing. I don't know that some of the players that have come into the team uh, certainly have been able to play at that same level. Uh, and I, you know, we mentioned uh, in our review last Monday, I, I was critical of the Panthers again last weekend and their attack. That so often they had a setup and, uh, where they just didn't construct their set of six uh, with the precision and combination that they have in previous seasons. Often either the nine or uh, the seven or the six got caught with the ball as opposed to getting to edges and, and, and attack. I think they're relying a lot on their back five for a lot of metres that they weren't um, doing as much in in previous years. Uh, Fisher-Harris, first week back from an injury last week, he's still not at his best, so I think they're lacking a little bit in the middle. So a lot of question marks about the Panthers and the fact that they're low, tight scoring games. And, you know, the market has this at only uh, 36 to 38 points, so a very low scoring forecast. Against the Roosters, who have been incredibly disappointing, I've kept tweaking downwards their rating position, all but full strength uh, into this, or as good as they could potentially put on the park at the present moment. But their attitude clearly has been really poor. Um, They come off a very poor offering last weekend against the Cowboys, completely outplayed in attitude. They just were not there for the tough stuff. They come off two wins prior to that that I thought were very questionable. they beat the warriors in the rain beat the dragons by a point you know they should have uh, touched up the dragons by 20 points they let them right back into that game um, beaten soundly by the sharks in the storm in weeks prior they've got a lot to prove but i think off the back of getting so resoundedly beaten in attitude last weekend we'll see an improvement it just looks a really tight arm wrestle at penrith uh, and I think that the Panthers probably hold on the win, but I thought the market position of plus six and a half was just a little bit too generous in what looks like an arm wrestle, low scoring. Uh, I would rather be, and I think um, you know all of my numbers and percentage advantage would suggest that the plus five and a half is the right way to play the game.
1: How do you? Uh, how do? What's the trend there with the? Panthers at home, you know, similar to what we we're talking about with the storm. What's the, what's the record there, and what's their record? Previous record against the Roosters like?
0: Well, they've won their last six straight against the Roosters, right. and prior to this prior to this year, their record at home is just stunning. You know, I think they'd uh, I think they'd won something like eighteen of their last twenty at home, um, and in most of those games covered the line. So outstanding, this year not as strong. Now they've been. Away for three weeks, they get back home. We know that that's going to be advantage. Uh, but the key question mark again is mine: how many points they got in them? You know, if they get to 18, which is just about being their top score outside of a couple of those big clear cut wins, then you know it's the the Roosters certainly have the attack to be somewhere within 14 to 16 against that, and that's where again I think the five and a half is the right play.
1: Yeah, I'd be very surprised if the Roosters don't bounce bounce back with a, a stellar performance. They've been poor the last couple of weeks, especially uh, defensively last week, um, especially out wide. Actually, I'm still a bit still a bit miffed that he's uh, continuing with uh, Suwali and the Santa's. His defensive reads are very very ordinary, and I'm interested to see how long uh, how long he perseveres with uh, with Walker not at seven and um, perseveres with Kiri and Manu in the halves?
0: I suspect he wants to get one more game into Walker in the lower grades. He was named to play last weekend in reserve grade. He ended up being crook on the morning of the day and didn't play.
1: That could be a late change p- potentially, couldn't it? You know, Suwali, yeah, Suwali certainly... to the wing, Billy Smith and Manu in the centres. Kiri moves to 5'8". Moves to
0: yeah. And and that edge, they definitely need to tighten up. You're 100% right about Salah I mean, he's been all at sea uh, for probably four weeks defensively. And uh, even on the wing on occasions where he's been moved there, as he was in parts of that game last week against the Cowboys, uh, he just uh, looks off at the moment. You know, whether his uh, head has got so much going on with everything else, with uh, the union, um, all the media rubbish that's being talked about. Um, I don't know. But, you know, he's only a very young fellow. I think he's still only 19. He's got a lot to cope with at the moment. And there's no doubt he's a, he's a high-quality talent. But right now, he's under a lot of focus and pressure.
1: So, uh, third game we're going to preview, we're going to move down to Brookvale Oval. Um, and we've got the Sharks versus the Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, a lot of question marks about Tommy T and... Well, not so much his form, just whether or not he's fit. Um, Cooper John's at uh, at six. Uh, will we see Schuster? Pro- possibly not. Um, he's he's named in sort of the 23, 24, but I don't well, know. I suspect my, that could be a late change too.
0: My uh, my update on that last night is that Schuster had a fit, fitness test yesterday.
1: Mm. Um
0: which he didn't come through in flying colours and won't play on Sunday. So you can put a line through Schuster. sister. Uh, I think that leaves them weak at six. Um, you know, Johns is capable, but he's certainly not a starting six, in my opinion. I think Jake um, is just an enormous out. I touched on this yeah. last week. You know, the, the, the guy on both sides of the football, I mean, he does so much work and leg work with the ball. And then his defence work rate is just, outstanding you know he does enough work for one and a half players so you know I, I penalised them significantly last week for his out and I've done the same again this week they also is lose simply again for a number of weeks and uh, that, uh, that and Jake weakened some of that depth uh, in the middle um, I have penalised them for the Schuster out come off some poor form right now um, you know lost their last two Uh, very uh, unconvincing against the Tigers. You know, they're one big peak win is that game at Bookvale against the Storm, but since they've been very poor. You know, the Sharks, the question mark about the Sharks season long is very similar to last year. They've had a very soft draw. Again, they have a very soft draw this year. When they came up last year against the teams in the top four or five, they struggled. And they went out the back door in the semifinals. Uh, last week, I talked about the fact that their record at Suncorp was atrocious, long-term. They turned up with a poor attitude. The Dolphins just went whack from the start. I mean, who would have thought what price you could have got the Sharks being down by 30 nil with 10 minutes before half halftime? Um, you know, Fitzgibbon was clearly, and Nico Hines, clearly really angry and annoyed and disappointed post-game in their presser about... Their attitude, it was crook. They just were complacent. There was expectation. They just needed to turn up. They'll address that this week. And the one thing about the Sharks, a very key, interesting stat, is the last nine times that they've lost as a favourite, the following week, they've won. So they go into this game with a a very good record of bouncing back when they've been disappointing. But um, Brookvale, I touched on before, The record here is just terrible. You know, they've lost six of the last seven at the ground and 22 of the last 27. Uh, It's a long, long record. They broke through last year. They beat the Eagles convincingly 40 to six, but that was round 23 when we had uh, Rainbow Gate going on at Brookvale and the Eagles were right off the rails. So it was probably a very soft win on a a week where the Eagles uh, had a season completely falling apart. I do think the Sharks respond. Um, I marked the Sharks favourites, you know, probably minus seven. I think the market's about minus four, and a, uh, four and a half. So I do think that there's an advantage to the Sharks. The key question is them turning up at Brookvale. I think they do. Um, I'm against the Eagles at the moment. I just think they're all at sea, uh, really inconsistent. You're right about um, about Tommy. I'm not sure it's fitness. I mean. You you look at an element right late in that game where he put the ball on for his brother in the left-hand corner. He actually dug into the line. He got hit by three blokes. He actually went through the tackle, then got the ball to the left edge to his brother to score. So I don't think it's a fitness issue, whether it's his feeling. Yeah, I think confidence and mentally prepared to stretch out. Yeah, you know, he ran 185 metres last week. I mean, most weeks mm. when he was at his best running 200 metres, he was fantastic. We, we're just not seeing the flair and the attack and, and just the, the high quality of skill that he would normally have in his 200 metres of play. So big question mark there. I think there's a bit of pressure mounting on the coach. There was a lot of expectation to start the season. They started well. Certainly in a bit of a hole at the moment, and this is a key t- a key game for both. So I'm with the Sharks. I've got them uh, minus seven. If I wanted to play at the minus four and a half. I think uh, playing the Sharks at the line is the right way, and, and may well be a game where there's some points uh, back at Brookvale uh, on a Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good match up. I mean, there's no doubt Sea Eagles at home at Brookvale are I don't know how many point better side, but they're definitely they definitely have a big lift. Uh, if you were Seabold and the coaching staff, you'd be sitting down all week and just watching video after video after video of how uh, Bennett and Christian Wolfe shut down Nico Hines last week. They did such a good job. It was pretty much, you know, you, you pretty much rolled into halftime and, and most of the second half where you just didn't see him. So the way they kicked, uh, obviously they were, the Dolphins were faultless with, um, you know, early on with uh, their completions. But Nico Hines really didn't get into the game and that's what you want to see from the Sea Sea Eagles, if you're going to um, if you're going to beat the Sharks, because well, once he gets on a roll, a he really gets on a roll.
0: One hundred percent. there's two uh, additional contributing factors to that too: is they're missing two key forwards, now and Ueli and Rudolph, uh, two big guys who I
1: outs. think are yeah.
0: big outs. And normally they're two of their best in the middle. Uh, and then I think the other issue is that moylan has been off. Uh, he was very poor again last week and. Yeah, Nick Hines needs uh, the big guys in the middle doing their job and he needs the man at uh, six also doing his job or so much more pressure comes to bear on him. And that was exactly what happened last week. You're 100% right. Uh, Wayne Bennett played that to a break.
1: So if we go through the tips, you're uh, you're going to go the Storm by two. Okay, start of the week. Storm by two. Warriors by yeah, four.
0: Little. Warriors by four. And, you know, that's a really tricky game there. Warriors, again, are travelling. Um, I think their best form is better than the Bulldogs, but they do have a couple of key outs. I think the Panthers might just squeak home by two, but I want to be with a plus start with the Roosters.
1: Rabbits now, by 14.
0: Well, this Rabbits game is really interesting because the market has them 16 point favourites. On paper, I rate them a 17 to 18 point favourite. My question mark is coming off five wins. In the last three of them, um, being nice key tests, including the Panthers, uh, the Broncos and the Storm, uh, do they have a bit of a letdown here? I think they win. It's just a matter of do they win by 16 to 18, to the line. So question mark there. I'd be happy to stay out. Uh, Cowboys drag ends up in Townsville. We know that the Dragons' record travelling is horrible. You know, It's now 17 of the last 18 when they've travelled in a the state they've lost. Uh, do the Cowboys play to a similar level of last week or is the market overreact a little bit? I thought the Cowboys probably win by eight. That Raiders-Eels game. Moses is a very key out. Um, the Raiders' favourites, their record, last 45 times they've been favourite at the line. They've only covered 30%. So they win like they did last week, but they don't cover the line. So I thought the Raiders at home Titans. Well Gerard, just on see. just
1: just on the Raiders, they reckon by kickoff of that game it will be maximum four degrees. Yep. So the Eels are going down there, uh, out of their comfort zone, under the pump, um, not performing that greatly. I thought uh Brad Arthur's press conference and um and their captain uh Gufferson, you know, <laughs> oh we're the better side, we're the better side. Well, you weren't the better side, you got beaten. Um, I don't it
0: was a, know. I, I absolute goldie Gook, wasn't
1: uh, it? I don't know what well, I don't know what game those two were watching, but they can spend as much time as they want convincing themselves that the, they were the better side against the Titans last week. They weren't the better side; they got beaten. No. They're going to Raider territory. It's going to be way colder than they're used to, and we know what the Raiders are like down there. I think I smell a. I, well, I, yeah, it's an upset. I smell an upset down there.
0: Well, the other key thing there is they're missing Campbell, Gillard, and Moses. Uh, now, you know, Moses is clearly instrumental. You suggest that he's their marquee player. So that's a significant rating uh, off. Yeah. And then Campbell Gillard is um, one of their two very big quality forwards in the middle and has an enormous work rate. You know, I, I think they're anywhere between six to seven rating points off their best. And then they play away. So let, let's call that a, a a nine to ten point rating differential going into Canberra. You know, the Raiders are well into that. Problem with the Raiders is, you know, I can find them to win. They just have this horrible record of covering the line. You know, we saw a couple of weeks ago against the Dolphins. You know, they led by 12 twice in the game and probably should have got beat late.
1: Yeah, they're sort of, I mean, you you highlighted at the start of the year that they had a soft draw and they're sort of picking up on that, aren't they? Because if they win this weekend, I think it's five in a row, isn't it? Yes, it is. And they've done that very quietly after Ricky having a few sobs in his press conferences, but they've been putting wins together, so...
0: Well, and you know, go back to last week, you know, they're, they're minus four and a half point favourites to the Bulldogs. You know, halfway through the first half, you thought that they were going to win by 30. Yeah. It ends up being 64 points in the game, mm-hmm. and they still don't cover the line.
1: Yeah. Uh, Titans, Newcastle, down in Newcastle. The Knights are all back from wherever they hol- holidayed. Uh, Bali, South Coast, Fiji, Morocco, Hawaii, wherever they've gone, they're back. Um, I, like the, I, I like the form of the Titans. If they can tighten up their defence, gee, they look good with the ball, I reckon. And foreign's really running into a rich vein of form.
0: Well, I've been saying for six weeks, there's no problem with the Titans attack. They have points in them every week. We know that. And it doesn't matter which opponent they're playing. They've got points and they'll come up with the right attacking play. Now, the last... Two weeks, we've seen much more resolve in defence. Um, you know, they've held the the Eels to 24. They held the Eagles to much less. Both away wins. My only question mark here is that it's their third away leg. They go down to Newcastle. They've actually lost the last six straight to the Knights. Oh, really? Uh, but I like what they're doing. I think their best is better than where the Knights are at the moment. The question mark about the, the Knights, they come off the bye. Teams have been good fresh off the week off. Uh, If we discount the fact that they probably had their eyes on going on a week's break when they played the Eels a couple of weeks ago and were disgraceful, and we suggest that in the weeks prior to that they were much more plucky, including nearly beating the Panthers at home, and they're back here at home. Um, I think it's a, a... uh, entertaining games probably points in it uh, both teams are a little bit loose in the fence both teams have some attack in them but i want to go with what i think the titans best are so uh, the titans by four for me and then rounding out the round uh, i think the sharks at Brookvale. i had a minus seven so i'll put the sharks by eight
1: okay and uh low confidence in your best bet this week
0: Yeah, listen, I went with the the Roosters at the plus five and a half. I found it very difficult to isolate a play for the week that I thought really stood out as the best. I just think the plus starts too big an advantage in what looks an arm wrestle. So I went with the Roosters uh, with the plus five and a half. Uh, I pulled the points totals apart for every one of eight games. I just, again, couldn't find a game where... I felt there was a clear advantage. Uh, you know, the Panthers-Roosters looks like a, a tight arm wrestle, but the market has it at low at 37.5. Um, you know, that Titans-Knights uh, game or the Sharks-Eagles game, both look to have a lot of points in them. But again, the market have got that very high, uh, with both games needing to get to 48 or higher to cover. Uh, so... Lots of question marks. It's a it's a week where it looks like there's spiders all over it. I think it's best just to have a couple of uh, small plays, keep your hands in a pocket, and uh, wait till next week.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very difficult round. I have no doubt it's going to sort out our tipping comp. Um, there's lots of games that you could go uh, either way, fifty fifty calls. So, um... well, I
0: I I tell you what, Stephen, if anyone tips eight this week. <laughs> I'll give them a $50 voucher at um, at uh, Dan Murphy's or their local bottle shop or whatever. There you go. There's a carton of free beer if anyone finds eight out of eight.
1: Vaughan Blakey, get the tipping shoes on. Okay, righto. I like that challenge. I reckon I'll get eight, Jared. Um, Round the <laughs> grounds, uh, there's there's lots happening on the coaching front. Uh, I think, firstly, Storm, Bellamy, uh, apparently going to make a decision next week. I, I, I'm sort of, you know, the Storm do... Storm do things really, really well usually. I don't know why they roll into every year where they've got to have all this speculation around Bellamy. Like, Bellamy has been their coach for 20-odd years. Why Why can't he just sign a long-term contract if he's going to be there in some form, a bit like what we've spoken about with Bennett? Um, just lock him up, and if he decides that he doesn't want to coach next year and you water down his his involvement to... You know, recruitment, general manager of football, whatever it happened to be. So be it. I, I don't think Matt Trip and the uh, and the Storm board are going to run away from not having Bellamy involved. But I don't think it's healthy for the for the club to continue to have this speculation and taking the focus off week to week performance once you get into season.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, if if it was anybody other than uh, Bellamy. Uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have played out like this and they wouldn't have liked it to have played out like this as it does each year. Um, I guess he's such a good coach that nine weeks out of 10, it's not a distraction. Uh, The latest um, mail seems to be that he's he's now saying he's going to make a decision one way or another next week. Uh, um, I don't think anybody really knows which way he's leaning I mean, The speculation weeks ago was that it was probably going to extend of the last week, the speculation seems to have been that he's probably going to pull up stumps at the end of the season. I don't think anybody really knows. Uh, he'll make that that call next week. I mean, clearly, I think Riles is the P. Um, and whichever way he goes, I think the Storm will then it up in shoring up Riles. So if Bellamy's not there next year, they will start discussions with Riles about uh, can he exit the Roosters? Uh, you know, is there a cost um, or a transfer fee? And and um, uh, ramp up those interviews. If Bellamy says I'm staying for another year, I think they still probably ramp up that interview and look. to probably shore Riles up the start the year after because clearly Riles is now being talked to by most clubs who are looking for a coach. Uh, clearly he's been in the conversation at the Dragons. I think that's died. Uh, but it, there are going to be other clubs in the next three to four months who are looking for coaches. And so each time that occurs, Riles is going to be in the picture. The Storm want to take that out of play if he's their man.
1: Um, is Suali going to see out the season? I mean, the drums are beating that potentially uh, the Roosters might move him on and <clears throat> let him go early to rugby. I mean, um, uncle, uncle Nick is pretty ruthless. I like... I don't know. I, I, well, I think I think Robbo is too. Um,
0: and I'd have to suggest that he's probably not there next year. I think they'll probably let him go a year early. Uh, and realistically, you know, if the kid's 19, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's already made a decision about what he's going to do in the future. Uh, the last thing you need is guys that are going to be a little bit up and down in performance and not have the experience of, you know, having been in the game for five or six or seven years at the top grade and played rep football to be able to handle some of that. So there's going to be some doubts and question marks over that. I don't know anything, but uh, if I was a big man, I'd suggest he probably plays out this season and and they come to uh, amicable parting at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I reckon uh, Uncle Nick would be sitting there playing with the spreadsheet and seeing how much money they can save and signing JWH and maybe keeping Lodge and uh, rectifying uh, – well, not rectifying, but shoring up that roster for next year. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, apparently, the uh, the Headless Dragons have got a boardroom, uh, boardroom meeting next week. Uh, board meeting next week to – Have I, you I uh,
0: have you put your application
1: in, Steve? Oh, far out. I think the fucking – the cleaner here where I live could put his application in and he'd probably get the job at the moment. But um, – yeah, I think that's I going think, to be interesting. I, 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 think
0: mean... it's their, I think it's their normal scheduled board meeting. But, yeah, I'm sure that they've, they've got you know, a number of things that are top of the page on the agenda items to discuss, and that is uh, what are they doing with their coach? What are they doing with the appointment of uh, who's going to be the, the future coach? Because clearly it's not going to be uh, Anthony uh, Griffin. Um, are they going to persist with him into the rest of the season? I think that loss against the Tigers was telling... You know, the tiger sitting on the table and getting beat, which now means they're equal on the base of the table. We mounts that pressure about whether he ends up lasting. Um, you know, there appears to be ongoing discussion about what they do with a GM of football, what they do with their recruitment and pathways management. So a lot of things, um, a lot of things to be decided. They've not necessarily shown us over the last ten years that they're a very decisive board. Um, so let's hope they get a little bit of a clearer picture and decision making, and give the supporters like you something to hope for.
1: Well, and I, I I can't see that the storm, being as professional front foot operation that they are, would let a Jason Rolls slip under uh, under the radar and sign with the Dragons. So I know obviously Rolls has met with the Dragons, but um, just and I don't have any inside intel, but. Just sitting on the outside looking in, I just couldn't see that Jason Riles would go and sign with the, uh, with the Dragons. Uncle Nick would, you know, give it clearance without some sort of payout and, and that the Storm would let that happen with all the, uh, with all the argy-bargy about what's happening with Bellamy if, um, if he's the P for the pod down at the Storm, which apparently he is. So, well, Which, which sort, of, sort of leaves you to Ben Hornby and Dean Young because apparently they haven't spoken to anybody else. Um, you know, Flanagan we know doesn't have support, so I think it's down to a Hornby Dean Young race, and probably Hornby's got his nose in front at the moment. Maybe uh, maybe Nathan Brown comes in there running the list. Uh, from all reports, they're talking to Shane Richardson, um, ex uh, CEO at the Rabbits, so be interesting.
0: Well, let's go back to Bellamy's first appointment, right? I mean, you know, many listeners may or may not remember Bellamy had a number of years uh, as a very successful and senior assistant under Bennett. Uh, And each year back then, Bennett was coaching Origin. Um, You know, probably six, seven, eight, nine of the Broncos would play for Queensland and so not be playing for their club for at least one, maybe two games. Each time that occurred, then Bellamy would take over as coach and they were called the baby Broncos. And on a number of occasions, he got them up for some major upset wins. Um, his star was starting to shine and rise as a coach apparent. Um, and then he was offered everything, including probably the Harbour Bridge, to take the role at the West Tigers, who at the time were a basket case. Um, and you know, when Bellamy sat down and evaluated that decision, and he had a long conversation with Bennett and a couple of other key mentors, they said, well, it's one thing to get a first-grade job. What you want to make sure is if you think that you've got a future as a first-grade coach, that your first role is not one where you're going to get thrown under the bus mm. um, and that you've got the right boardroom, the right management, a list that you can develop, players that you can turn around. And, you know, Bellamy thought about that and said no, and then he, he ended up taking the storm role within 12 months where I think he took over from, um, was it Mark Murray? Um, and, uh, you know, the, the management at the, at the Storm was starting to build a successful club. They'd already won a competition under Chris Anderson. Uh, they were competitive. Bellamy went there, and the rest we know. So, you know, it's about Ryle making the right decision now, isn't it? You know, if he looks on paper, well, I've got the Storm over here, look at what they've done over the last 20 years, look at the, the board, the quality of their board, their management you got Frank Panisi and his team have been doing this for 20 years, and they know exactly what they're doing. I've been in that system. I've seen what they do. Uh, I already see all the rep players they have got there and, and the development pathways that they have. Or over here, we've got the, we've got the Dragons who've got a split board. Um, you know, management that can't make a decision, Yes, they've got good pathways. Yes, it appears they've got ju- good juniors coming through. But there's going to be three or four years of complete restructure of their coaching setup, you know, their football management, and then in the background you've got this wishy-washy board. Well, it's not hard to say which one you think is rating higher.
1: Yeah, and the guy, the guy that was the guy that was in charge of their football operation, their football program at the Storm is still there. I mean, Panisi's still there from when Riles was there. That's not the case with right. the Dragons, so it's a very easy decision. Riles will end up at, I would say, in some form at uh, at, the, at the Storm. I hope he ends up at the Dragons, but I just can't see it happening, which means it's, no. I, I think it's down to a two-horse race for uh, for the Dragons, Dean Young and Ben Hornby. Ben Hornby's probably got his nose slightly in front, and then what they do with the football department. But that's enough about the Dragons, because they're bloody coming last. They're terrible. <laughs> we will be back on Monday to do a review of the weekend. Um uh, and, Jared, I'll text you on Sunday night to get my $50 voucher when I pick eight out of eight.
0: Looking forward to it. Listen, I hope there's four or five. I hope there's four or five. But I think it's a weekend where we might be tiptoeing through the roses. Let's hope that we get six or seven. If we did, I think we've done well. If we get eight, well, I want to know the lotto numbers. And if one. you want
1: to get eight out of eight, Condos upsets, uh, I reckon the Raiders will beat the Eels. Storm will win tonight. And the Cowboys will beat the Dragons. See you on Monday.
0: Well, how are they upset? They're all three favourites. <laughs> Goodbye, see yeah. ya. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>